Pep Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Nathan is the one currently eating jelly beans. It's not me. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means, your post-game podcast for Ohio State's 436-11 to win over the hapless Maryland Turtles. We're watching a former Ohio State backup quarterback currently beating Alabama. Uh, we are currently on a crash course for an Ohio State-LSU National Championship game, but we only have like a month and a half to talk about that some more. So let's get to your text questions. You can subscribe to our text uh, thingamajigger, which people we gained some followers because people wanted to know what I was texting about Chase Young the last couple days. Uh, it's a 14-day free trial, four bucks a month. It's in the stretch run. This is the best team in the country, and their best player is currently um, not playing. You know, it might be a good time to get in on it. 14-day free trial that takes you at least through the Penn State game. Think about it. Go to cleveland.com slash OSU for more information. Starting with the questions there, people want to know, we did not do an emergency podcast. Did you guys feel a need to do an emergency podcast yesterday? I don't, just because we didn't know enough. And we wrote what we knew. It is funny to me. It makes me appreciate Buckeye Talk, but oftentimes when things happen, people will say emergency podcast and like tweet at me or text me. And it's sort of like, well, I'm writing about it, and you can read that story if you want to. So if you're ever wondering, we always get stuff out, but we prioritized writing over podcasting yesterday. But I think Nathan is right. The th- two things were going to happen if we podcasted yesterday. One was we were going to repeat stuff we already wrote. And two was we were going to wind up in a speculation zone that wasn't going to be good for anybody. Because we were going to like say something that wasn't actually reportable because you hear stuff, but it doesn't mean you can repeat everything you hear because it's not responsible. So we waited, and now people want to know this from the 414. How would Ohio State learn about an infraction like this 11 months after it happened? Did it just occur to chase to self-report, or did someone else involved turn them in? Thanks. So my understanding of this is that this came to light this week, which is why we're dealing with something that Chase Young says is a loan, um, and others have reported is for his girlfriend to go to the Rose Bowl last year. Uh, Bruce Feldman reported it was a loan that was paid back in April. Um, My understanding is it got reported this week to Ohio State from an outside person. So we don't know who that person is, but... Often in situations like this, there probably maybe are not that many people involved necessarily who would know about it. So we don't know. The answer is we don't know who reported it. I have a story up on Cleveland.com right now talking about the fact that Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson, my guy Joel, who I saw again today, they on the broadcast on Fox talked about the idea that maybe Ryan Day was running it up on Maryland because maybe Maryland had something to do with reporting Chase Young, which I found to be a very odd conversation on a national broadcast because there's certainly no proof of that. So I will just tell you lots of times in these situations, we do not know what happened. We will tell you that it was reported to Ohio State this week. That's why it became a thing this week. It wasn't that people knew about it and sat on it. Sometimes there is an aggrieved party. Sometimes somebody involved who knows about it, something in a relationship changes, and maybe somebody decides, now I am not happy with the situation that I was previously part of, and now I'm going to tell. Now I'm going to tell somebody about it. That is what has happened in the past with lots of these NCAA situations, because as you know, the NCAA doesn't do anything. If you don't drop it in their lap, they don't do anything. 
So this was dropped in Ohio State's lap, and Ohio State said, well, we have to look into this because we don't want to risk covering it up because we know what happens when, that, when schools go down that road. So that's where we are with this. But if, you're, if you are confused, I don't know that anybody was, like, timing it up to, like, try to ruin Ohio State's season. I think maybe the situation changed, and all of a sudden somebody who had not said something previously decided to say something about it now. But the bottom line is we don't know, and if we knew – we would write a story about it, but a lot of the things that are coming about out about this with related to Ohio State are things that make Ohio State look better, right? It's so Ohio State kind of explaining things, and maybe maybe it's all true, but clearly Ohio State is getting the message out to certain people, and that's why we are where we are with some of the reporting on this stuff. Nathan, do you want to add anything to that? Well, a couple things. Number one, the concept that someone timed it to hurt Ohio State's season, if that were true, they should have waited two more weeks if they were really trying to time it up to hurt Ohio State's season because Ohio State did not need Chase Young to beat Maryland by 1,000 today, and they don't need him to beat Rutgers by 10,000 or whatever next week. Like, they're just, they don't need Chase Young for these games. They may not need him to even beat Penn State or Michigan. I don't know. But if you were really going to time this up to hurt Ohio State season, you would wait until the week of the first playoff game or maybe the Big Ten Championship game or something like that or maybe the Michigan game, but you wouldn't have done it in these games because now the way these things work, and we've seen this over time, and and a compliance guy I talked to, um, um, and I'm forgetting his name right now. David Ridpath? Dave Ridpath from, yes, from Ohio University, a a compliance expert I talked to yesterday, um, kind of said the same thing. These things tend to come down to for lack of a better term, a negotiation to some extent. Not that the NCAA doesn't have standards that they go by, and there are some explicit standards out there in terms of the size of the potential loan or gift, whatever. But if Ohio State says up front, we saw this problem, he already paid it back, we voluntarily gave up this game, we're voluntarily giving up the Rutgers game, now you start to have some mitigating factors in your favor if you're Ohio State as far as getting the suspension or whatever you want to call it reduced. So why, if you were really trying to be punitive, why would the reporting party, if they had um, bad motives towards Ohio State, why would they have done it this week instead of waiting two more weeks? Uh, so that, that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to me. I think right now what's interesting to me also, though, is that there is some conflicting information, even among the good information that's being put out there by Ohio State. And I would just caution everyone, I'm not trying to be a naysayer I'm just or, or a doom and gloom guy. I would just caution everyone to... Right now you have Chase Young's version of events and not even necessarily his version, not even his fact, but like his interpretation of a fact, which could be different than what the NCAA interprets that fact to be. So it's better to just sort of wait instead of jumping to the conclusion that everything is okay here. I'm not saying it won't be. I think there's reason to think it will be, but I wouldn't get, I wouldn't make this very quickly a how terrible the NCAA is to be coming down on this kid for something that isn't really even a violation or whatever. We, we still just don't know the true facts yet. All right, well, you and I both talked too long on that. Let's go back and forth on <laughs> – I'm including myself with that. We, we can't – that's seven minutes of that. We're going to go back and forth between Chase stuff and game stuff. Um, what is – who has this question? This was a good question that I wanted to get to. Someone asked, do they need Chase Young – to win the next four games. I'm sure you'll get this a hundred times, but do they even need Chase the next four games? That's from the 619. Stephen Means, can they beat 
Rutgers, Penn State, Michigan, and what's looking like Minnesota in the Big Ten championship game without Chase Young. I think they beat Rutgers. That's what that goes without saying. I think they can beat Michigan without Chase Young. Penn State, I think, is the interesting one. I still like obviously Penn State lost today to Minnesota, and but I still think Penn State is a quality. The difference between when Penn State lost and when Wisconsin lost coming into an Ohio State game is. We, Wisconsin was still this one-dimensional offensive team. So if you stop the run, you pretty much halted their entire offense. Penn State is not necessarily the same way. And Minnesota, obviously, as we saw today from a passing attack, I think they can cause some problems in the secondary for Ohio State that if you don't have a Chase Young rushing the quarterback, and as Ryan Day talked about, when you have that type of pass rush and you're forcing the quarterback to think more about the rush than he is about the coverage, then that can throw the quarterback off a little bit. So I think for a Minnesota game and possibly a Penn State game, yes. But I think they can beat Michigan, and they're clearly going to beat Rutgers without him. They can get to the playoff without Chase. I I would not be – I think the chances of of beating Penn State aren't 100% even with him. I, I think they go down 4%. I think the Michigan game might be the tougher one to win without him just because it's on the road. It's a completely different environment. But, but I, I, I know Michigan's not great. I'm not saying they're – but I'm just saying which one of those two games do I think is tougher right now? I think it might be the Michigan The, the game. bottom line is do you think Ohio State can generate enough of a pass rush yeah. with yeah, guys I, 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 behind they, him? Yeah, they can still do that I just because of how great he is. We don't really know what the margin for error he covers up yet because we haven't, and you're not going to get that against the Maryland. As I was discussing with someone, someone pointed out, uh, I think Tony Gerderman at the Ozone brought it up this week. Ohio State's given up two touchdowns that matter this year. They were up ten nothing yeah. on Wisconsin, I think, and ten nothing on Michigan State, and gave up a touchdown to them. Right. Everything else, even if it was in the first half, the game was already out of hand. Yeah. So there's a level with this Ohio State team that's hard to judge everything, and it's not the question of they haven't played anybody because they have. They're beating everybody's butt. It's a question of they haven't been pushed. They haven't been. And again, if you're up. 10, what was it, 10 nothing Wisconsin at the half, and then yeah. Wisconsin scores in the first drive? That is getting pushed, and then you blow them out in the second half. So I guess you could say, well, they did get pushed there, and then they blew out a good team. So you give them credit for that. But mm-hmm. they haven't played a fourth quarter, and I hate that discussion sometimes. It's like, oh, it's your team's biggest problem, but you win by too much. I hate that stuff. But in trying to answer questions, I don't think it's a negative for Ohio State. In trying to answer questions, it's sometimes hard to answer the question because they haven't been in that spot. Doug, does anyone above the Mason-Dixon line stand a chance? Seriously, I don't think so. That's from the 7-3-4. Well, Ohio State's from the Mason-Dixon line. So I guess is the question, anybody that Ohio State plays that is above the Mason-Dixon line, meaning everybody in the Big Ten, is the only team that's going to beat Ohio State in the South. Ohio State's the only good team north of the Mason-Dixon line. Now, maybe Oregon. Oregon's northy. Northwest yeah. Oregon, if you guys don't know, is a state. It's right above California. Right below Canada. Right below, well, no, right below well, Washington. Right below Washington. Right right below Canada. Canada. God, yes. It's a shot at Washington. You just completely wipe Washington well, off the map. Yeah. Uh, I went on a cruise. I went to uh, Vic- Victoria, British Columbia. <laughs> Lovely. I thought I could live there. Um, mostly just to get away from you people. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What does that have to do with... I mean, I mean, yeah. like the whole. We talked too much general. about Chase Young, but like, yeah, but, but please go on about your cruise. I'll go on. What okay. happened? How does that have to do with Oregon? I just want to know. So where anyway, we're going to correlate. This. So we got off the boat in Victoria, and you go down the ramp. Um, Ohio State stands alone as the defender of the North, and and I don't know if that's ever going to change in college football. Oregon had it going for a little bit, but yes, I mean Ohio State. Like the thing about Ohio State is Ohio State's a Southern school. Ohio State's like in terms of like they have great tradition, they have great passion, they have a huge fan base. People in Ohio and the university in Ohio 
care about football the way people in the South care about football. So the issue, like, it really isn't that Ohio State's the only team in the North. God, this is a story. It's not that Ohio State's the only team in the North that can compete with teams from the South. It's just Ohio State's a Southern school when it comes to this stuff because they recruit in the South. They tell people, you know what, your parents can still come watch you here. Like, they are Alabama. They are Texas. They are Oklahoma. They are USC. They have much more in common with all those schools than they do with Michigan or Oregon or Wisconsin or Notre Dame or anybody north of the Mason-Dixon line. So they're just on another another level. And so, no, you're probably not going to get tested if you're Ohio State until you get to a Southern team. This is a thing we're going to dip in and dip out from Mick in Vancouver. (laughs) What can we – from Mick in Vancouver, Washington. Now, there's a Vancouver, Washington and a Vancouver – what exactly is it that Chase did wrong? Is getting a loan – is it getting a loan or who he got it from? Why is a person player not allowed to apply for a loan if they need money like any other person? Their scholarships don't provide for anything for everything a person needs. If it's legitimately from a family friend, where's the violation? So here's the 20-second version on that. When you're a college athlete and we're not having a what-should-be discussion, because everybody knows the rule stinks and that's why we're going to enter a world sooner than later where this kind of thing is okay. At the moment, you can't do anything as an athlete that is happening because you are an athlete. So that's the whole family friend designation. If it's something that a normal student would do, that like, hey, I wanna go to the Rose Bowl and I wanna take my girlfriend, I don't have the money, you're my neighbor, you've been my neighbor for 20 years, can I have $5,000 and I'll pay you back? If it's your neighbor for 20 years, you can do it. This is what Chase is calling a family friend. It's a family friend that became a friend right before he went to college, right as he became a gigantic football star. So that is in the gray area of family friend. How did you become friends? Did you perhaps become friends because you are a football star? Did that person become interested in being someone who might loan you money because you are a football star and they want you to do something down the line in return? If that That's person the is issue. not an, if that person is not an agent, are they somehow associated peripherally with an agent or someone who is with an agent you know what i mean like there's a lot of things that go into this can they can they at some point benefit off of this relationship correct so that's the issue it's like just because chase calls it a family friend doesn't mean the ncaa is going to call it a family friend and chase and his family may absolutely view it as a family friend but that doesn't mean that's how the ncaa is going to view it and so the rule is If it's not a family friend and it's something that happened because of your status as an athlete, then you cannot profit from that. Even if that profit means gain, you cannot gain an advantage in life, even if you pay it back. Because you got the loan, you got to do the thing. Your girlfriend, if that's what it is, that's what's been reported, got to go to the Rose Bowl because you're a famous football player. We know it's all crap. Someone tried to engage me on Twitter. You're 10 years late to the debate, my friend. It's over. We're not debating should. We're debating Mm -hmm. is. And that's the is, and that's what you care about because you're trying to figure out if the best player on Ohio State's team is going to get back on the field. The one one thing that people brought up also is that there is a scenario where if it's a a playoff game, there are – the NCAA does pay for families to go to that. And people were bringing that up early when it was first reported that this had to do with sending his family to the Rose Bowl – but that would not apply as far as sending someone's girlfriend to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. So even using that defense, which wouldn't even be a defense because, again, it isn't the rule. It didn't apply. But it, it, it's something outside of that, too. 
All right, quick one on this. 513, where do the Golden Gophers land in the polls on Tuesday? I guess we mean where do they land in the playoff rankings on Tuesday? Also, where's Penn State? Penn State was four in the playoff rankings. Minnesota was 17? Yes. So this happens to the committee. I almost feel bad for the committee sometimes. The committee tried to be a little smarter than the conventional wisdom, put Penn State above Clemson, and Penn State loses to Minnesota. It's like, oh, there you go, committee. Yes. So I don't, again, I'm all about absorption. I don't think Minnesota goes from 17 to 4, but I bet you they're in the top 10. Yeah, I mean, Clemson moves up and takes that fourth spot. Um, I assume Alabama will still be in the top four regardless of what happens in this game. Because, I I mean, do you – so do you think either – you think they would fall below Penn State? Who? Alabama, if they – I don't think they fall below Penn State. It's 33-27 LSU as we we record this. I don't think they're still – no, they don't fall below Penn State, but I don't think they're in the top So what other one-loss team jumps them? No, because Georgia's six. Georgia was six. Georgia had a terrible, awful loss. Alabama's loss is going to be the best team in the country. I think what's going to happen is you probably see Clemson move up maybe and be the three – and Ellis or Alabama, if assuming they hold on, lose or whoever loses this game would be the four. Yeah, but people were asking about Minnesota and Penn State. I'm so, just saying. Yeah, that- yeah, right. No, I agree with your top four. Penn State falls, I think, perhaps precipitously. Minnesota goes into the top ten, and I think it's like, why wouldn't Minnesota be ahead of Oregon? They're undefeated. Right. They beat a team that was undefeated. They're not going to absorb all their status. They it, might be like eight. I don't. I think it could be a pretty big jump, though, because if you think about it, if would Minnesota, if you, if you had taken Minnesota's win against Penn State and moved it up four weeks and then brought back their win over Illinois or something, then that's who they were beating this week. I mean, Minnesota would have been way higher than seventeenth last week if they were eight and zero with a win over Penn State, even one at home. I think they would have been definitely higher. They would have been much closer, maybe even up in that Georgia range. So I don't know that they're going to jump all the way into the top four. I think they're going to be darn close. And I think they, you know, as someone who's eating crow now, as someone who has been poo-pooing Minnesota's, well, I'm not taking, their their schedule was crap before today. But now that they've actually proven what they can do against a really, really strong team, I think they deserve to be up in that conversation. What was Baylor in the playoff? Baylor is 12. They're going to move into the top. They'll be ahead of Baylor. They should jump ahead of Baylor because Baylor barely won today. And Baylor was like an undefeated team that people weren't sure about. But Minnesota now has a better win than Baylor has. They probably will move ahead of Florida, too, just because Florida's got two losses. Yeah, Minnesota's in the top ten. Congratulations, Minnesota. Is Penn State bad or Minnesota good? We know Maryland sucks from the 4-1-5. Uh, and then that's followed up by someone from the 3-2-3 saying Penn State sucks. We were talking about— And then about- someone on the six one four says, has your opinion of Minnesota changed or has your opinion of Penn State changed? Um my I think opinion both might have changed. My opinion on Penn State hasn't changed that much because earlier on this week on the Pizza Pod, we were talking about does is Penn State at the bottom of the top tier or the top of the next tier? And we all said they were at the top of the next tier, which makes you more vulnerable to a game like this where you go on the road against another really good team. You lose by one score. You had the ball in your hand in the final minute with a chance to go in. You were darn near in for the touchdown except a, a, a – um, a penalty backed you up at a crucial point. Um, I mean, they were right there with a chance to win that game on the road against a really good team. So I don't know that my opinion of Penn State has changed that much, but my opinion of Minnesota has significantly improved. I agree with that. How does the Penn State loss impact the perception of Ohio State and the Big Ten from the 5-1-3? I think it impacts the perception of the Big Ten, but it doesn't hurt you as much as it would. It doesn't hurt the Big Ten as much as if Penn State had lost to Illinois because it's like, well, you had two undefeated teams and one of them was going to lose, and it turns out 
the team that you thought was the lesser undefeated team actually was better at home today. So, again, it's yeah. one of these things we always talk about like with the SEC. An SEC team loses, and it's like everybody's good. Sometimes a Big Ten team loses, it's like everybody's bad. I think it legitimizes Minnesota, and I don't think it means people – I agree. It doesn't mean that Penn State sucks. I mean, someone said Penn State sucks. Penn State doesn't actually suck. Um, but Minnesota is maybe more legitimate than people realize. The argument about Minnesota wasn't necessarily that they stunk. It was that they just had not proven it against anybody yet. They had played nobody that was any good at all, uh, really, as far as the conversation we're talking about, the best teams in the country. Now they have, and not only that, they beat them. So you have to look at them in a different way. Quick answer, Stephen. I think the person who recognized that we were offended when someone asked uh, Nathan what his favorite TV shows were, <laughs> and now this, it might be the same person it's from the four nine says, what are Doug and Stephen's favorite TV shows? Quick answer, what are your favorite TV shows? Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, um, anything on HBO for the most part, and it's probably SportsCenter. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I watched SportsCenter. I like well, like when I was or anything in, on ESPN. When I was in college, it's like what I would like play, and I would just turn on the like sleep timer on the TV, and I'd fall asleep to it. I uh, like all the same shows Nathan liked because I'm a middle aged white guy. Um, row the freaking boat. Gotta love this win for PJ Fleck. That's all. Hope Crowley is all right. The kid was rolling. Marcus Crowley went down late. We don't know uh, exactly what the situation is. Yeah, with he that, didn't. Right? We didn't know. Ryan Day didn't get asked. There's so many other topics today, and they're usually pretty tight-lipped on injury stuff anyway. But I thought it was a good sign that they brought the card out for him, and then he, he didn't walked, need it. He went to the tent, and then he did. The, like, they came out the tent, and he walked to the locker room, but he looked like really upset about it. From the five six one, who was the one Maryland player taking pictures with ten or so Buckeyes after the game? All the yeah, Ohio State guys were patting and congratulating him. Seems like they all know him. Keandre Jones. He transferred in the spring. Um, apparently he told them that he was proud of them to go win the national championship. Or go win the Natty, to quote Damon Arnett. Ke- Keandre Jones was here for three years. I remember talking to Con- Keandre Jones in the locker room after maybe the Cotton Bowl two years ago, and it was like he was in line to win a starting job. He was in line to win a starting job before last season, and then he got Pete Warnered. And it was like when guys come out of nowhere, they take the job typically, of a guy that you expected. It's like right. Keandre Jones was next in line. He put in two years here um, as a special teams guy, building up his resume, and you thought, okay, 2018 is going to be his year, and then he didn't win the job. So he stuck it out last year and then transferred. Um, but it's all good feelings from, I think, Keandre Jones to Ohio State and certainly from Ohio State back to Keandre Jones. Um, I realize that the big picture in the big big picture doesn't really matter, but after this dominant performance by Ohio State, if the LSU Alabama game is close and it is close, does the winner of that game automatically get the one spot in the rankings? I could understand it a bit more if it's a blowout, but in a tight game. LSU just went up 39-27 and missed the two-point conversion. Ten minutes left. I think if LSU holds on and wins this game, I think LSU gets the jump just because they they won in Alabama. Yeah, this being on the road, um, in addition to their other quality wins, I think probably, I think legitimately bumps them up. But you can make a case that Ohio State should stay at number one if Alabama wins. People are asking about how long the suspension is going to be. Are there precedent things? People don't want to think about the idea of a four-game suspension. There, are, there seems to be lots of precedent for a potential two-game. Todd Gurley was suspended for four for an autograph thing. And when you go back and read the coverage of that from 2014, Georgia was very confident that they were going to get that reduced from four to two, and it was not reduced. And Todd Gurley got a full four from that. 
Again, amount of money involved matters a lot in this, whether it's autograph stuff, whether it's taking a loan. The amount matters. It's kind of like, are you shoplifting or, you know, are you taking a candy bar or are you taking a pair of right. shoes? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you taking a car? You know, like it, there's levels to everything. So we don't know what that is, but if it feels like, and Jerry Emig um, came in and before Ryan Day spoke, like gave a thing and said, we, we aren't anticipating four games. Kirk Herbstreit had reported that. He said, Jerry said, like, we're not anticipating anything. We don't know. He said that report is incorrect. Yeah. As in I told, and I told Jerry, I wrote down the headline, Emig rips Herbstreit. And he was like, oh, geez. So, like, we know. He, I'm just kidding. But it's like they're trying to make it clear that, like, they don't want anything out there of, like, any assumptions on Ohio State's part. Um, but I wouldn't blow off four games. Right? No, I, mean, I think it's two I, games feels like nothing. Four games feels significant. If you're an Ohio State fan and you're just sailing along, assuming it's going to be two, I wouldn't assume that. I mean, if if the loan was from a legitimate family friend, if they could track it back, it could, in theory, it could be nothing, and you could play next week against Rutgers. Although, though, I think that's yeah. unrealistic, and I also think it's on the table that he never plays another college football game again because they find out it's more involved. So. Everything is still on the table. Someone from the 440 says, likes to, has a long theory about if Chase comes back and it's pretty clear that it was no big deal, um, might Heisman voters vote Chase number one just to spite the NCAA? You underestimate no. all the no. old, grumpy, retired guys who vote who would not think that way, who think the NCAA is awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's it, over. I think his Heisman That's candidacy over. is done. 813, how far would we go with Chug? If Chug. Chug Unoff, who we're probably going to get a chance to speak to. He's from New Jersey. He's going back to play Rutgers. He's probably going to get a whole half against Rutgers next week. If he was the quarterback, how good would Ohio State be? Is Chris Chug enough good enough to win those games with, with Chase Young back and the, number, the best defense in the country and the other offensive weapons they have? I think you could make a case. Nine and three. Would you rather? You, wait, but they're already nine and zero. Oh. Well, just no, whatever. It's I, just however you want to look yeah, at it. Yeah, so you look at it like if he was a starter from the beginning of the season. I still think they'd probably be 9-0 and right now. If you were forced to lose a player for the last four games of the season, this is my question from the 614, would you rather lose Chase Young or Justin Fields? Chase. Chase. With Chase. He's the best player, but he's not the most valuable. Like the, the talent gap is just so ridiculously wide. That's the right answer. Chase is the best player. Justin's the most valuable player based on position. You just would defend them in a completely different way. Their receivers become much less dangerous. All of a sudden, people are selling out on J.K. Chug is not a threat in the run game. We've seen how much Justin opens up the run game for J.K. All of a sudden, if he holds the ball, and it's not, they wouldn't be five and seven, but they would not be a national championship. And how many more sacks would he, like, Justin's already taken, wait, probably way too many sacks that he should have taken this year. They probably take more because Justin has also gotten free and gotten away from some of those sacks. Tua just held the ball for 14 seconds and took a sack, by the way. <laughs> I still think they could probably be 9-0 right now. They just wouldn't have done it in, in as nearly dominant as a fat of a I fashion. mean, it's like, they, but, you know, Wisconsin comes out and scores in the second half. It's 10-7, and Justin Fields takes them right down the field. Boom. And I'm pretty sure he had to make a play with his legs on a scramble. I don't know. I don't do know if that. Chug does that. You're right. The leg, the legs do make a difference mm-hmm. in some of those in some of those extending the, some of those drives. Tyler B in the nine three seven. If our second team was our first team, what would our record be this year? Again, it's like we're, we're going to we we like a lot of this stuff. It's like would Ohio State's second team actually beat Wisconsin? No, no, no. no I don't think so. No. Would they actually beat everybody else? Probably. Would they? Uh, would they? I don't so know. Far, Michigan, well, Michigan State's I, defense Michigan State's would have made that Michigan tough. State blows. Sorry. 
Michigan State's defense would have made that tough. Michigan State's defense and its coaching yeah. against Ohio State's second string. Because here's the other thing. Four and four Michigan State? Uh, yeah. That second string the, got a lot but of remember, penalties today. What, how does another coach look at a team on film? They go down the line and they find out who's the weak guy. And there is no real weak guy on Ohio State's first string. But when you get to that second string, full second stringers, both sides of the ball, you start to find guys you can pick on. And I would take a coach like Mark D'Antonio to maybe figure that out. Someone's asking about the Todd Gurley thing because I texted it this week. Can you circle back on that from the 9 3 Seven. My understanding is Gurley sold his autograph, which he did, which seems to be quite different than a loan that was used for travel expenses and would were paid months back. That's much less egregious. Do you think that's too nuanced of a distinction? I think there's a lot of stuff that comes down to amount. And I yeah. think there are some slots yeah. about amount. And I don't know that in the NCAA world, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm not so sure that's a huge distinction for them. It's like money is money. How much was it? And yes, it was paid back, but you can't take that money. You can't take that money. And because what if Todd Gurley said, well, I was selling my autographs for this reason. You know, like you can go way down the road of like, well, you took the money, which you're not allowed to take. But why did you take it? Well, I took it to buy my grandmother orthopedic shoes. Well, she really needed like the NCAA is not going to go too far down that road. They didn't go down that road. With the Tattoo Gate guys who got five games and might have had really legitimate reasons because they really could use the money for their lives. So I get it. I, like, people want to make this a travel expense thing. Hey, if they had gone to the playoff, the travel expenses would have. I don't know if the NCAA cares, like, what well, they wouldn't the have. money for. Yeah. They wouldn't have because it's his girlfriend, it's not his <clears throat> family. So, so like, it, it's what did you take an amount of money? Yes, paying it back is alone, I think, is a little different than just taking the money straight. But I think it's the amount, and I'm not sure anybody really cares how you used it if you're not supposed to take it. Well, no more. Well, one of the things that's going on right now, presumably, is they're looking at bank records, Ohio State. Um, Chase Young may have already even submitted them to someone to prove that he paid that loan back. Hopefully there is some sort of a paper trail um, that he can prove that with. But it's also, um, I don't know that it necessarily matters what the, what the purpose is. You know, his, one of the things I was talking about before was some skepticism was his representative comes out and says, this was a loan for basic living expenses. Isn't that what he said? Or everyday living expenses or something like that. And then now we're hearing maybe it was to send yeah. his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl. That's not everyday I, to living. me, that's not everyday you living expenses. Rose like, Bowl and day. I'm a little curious why their story wasn't a little bit more straight from the beginning. Why did Ryan Day onside kick? A couple people asked this. I wrote about it. Ryan Day was asked about it. Ryan Day, and, and people also asked about, go read the story that Joel Klatt and, and Gus Johnson were talking about, like, again, this Maryland thing. Why was Ohio State, like, putting the pedal down in the first half against a crappy team? Ryan Day puts the pedal down in the first half. Ryan Day is do or die in the first half. He doesn't care what the score is. He doesn't care what the opponent is. He will never call off the dogs in the first half. He'll only do that in the second half. They onside kick because they were up 14-0, and they determined during the week they thought on the third kick of the game, this kick might be open. If the situation was right for it, we're going to try it. The situation was right. They did try it. It did work. And so, like, I don't know when people ask that. Is it like, well, why would you risk it when you're already up 14-0, or is it why are you being mean to Maryland? If the question is why are you being mean to Maryland, my answer is cash your Big Ten check and shut up. You don't get any sympathy in conference. If you're wondering, like, well, why would you risk it? You're going to beat them anyway. Well, because you're really trying to beat them. And if you think it is a worthy, a worthy risk, why wouldn't you do it? You think it increases your chances of winning. I think it's more under the rugs of, like, why bring that out in this week? Like, that's something that maybe you say for, like, 
in a situation. That's a good point. Michigan or even in the playoff. Now there's like you get into the playoff, you get into the national championship game where you maybe need to use it. That's on film for somebody to use. But on on the other side of that, you've that it's mitigated some by the fact that now it's on film and all the teams you're about to play have to prepare for it, whether you're going to use it or not, in a way that they wouldn't have had to before. I also think there's something to be said for getting up 42 nothing in this game and telling Justin Fields to uh, go home and watch uh, uh, Fresh Prince or whatever. He probably watches. He's probably seen Fresh Prince. All right, I think we're good. We probably should get out of here. We're going to get a lot of this stuff this week. Um, damned if we do, damned if we don't. College game day was bemoaning Ohio State's schedule, and how could they be number one? Win by eighty, and we're still failing in the college football playoff this weekend. The entire world just seems just sees failure no matter what you do. Six one four. No, they don't. Maybe college no, game day does. It, it's, the, the committee doesn't. Yeah, number one, it's, don't it's worry all, about what game day says. Listen to us. Right now. It, it's fair to talk about the games that LSU has won. That is a completely fair argument to make, but it is really lazy analysis to say that Ohio State has played a weak schedule. And anyone who has done that is lazy. That is true. Baird, Rips, ESPN. All right, uh, you guys can read our stuff on cleveland.com. You can drop some iTunes reviews. We could use a couple more. We could use a couple more. Tell us what you thought of the pizza podcast. Seemed to go over pretty well. People thought it was entertaining. Someone definitely texted me and said, like, the last 20 minutes of the podcast that was the pizza part of the podcast, they were embarrassed at how riveted they were by it. <laughs> that they were like, I can't, like, I fast-forwarded the last 20 minutes. I can't believe how I'm hanging on every word about how many slices he's going to eat. I'm so we're glad if you felt that. We're glad you felt that. I feel like it didn't really follow through. It doesn't it matter. Really it off. doesn't matter. It's like if you watch the you first all- Four already seasons. bought no, your it's ticket. Yeah, it's like no. watching the first four seasons of Dexter and then watching that last season and just another being like, Nathan Beard TV do? reference. Uh, so here's the deal. I was Game of Thrones, <laughs> literally. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I literally was Game yeah. of Thrones. Somewhat, yeah. So here's the deal. Uh, people want us to do like more eating challenges. So if you think of a good one, um, we'll try it. And Nathan and, I, and Nathan and I can get on board with that. Those would be but, cool on the but road. But I think the, cl- the, the key to it is to make a claim that then you're trying to live up to. Bingo. So if I said I can eat 25 chains, Cane's chicken fingers, and if you think I can't, you can cram it up your cram hole, like that would be a claim that would then lead us to yeah. Cane's. Here's a great topic. So I had a, a sports editor once who used to – once a year, because I guess he forgot he kept bringing up this topic, he would turn to us and say, hey, if you had to do an eating contest, what food would you eat? My, my old sports editor, Jim Stafford, he asked me this several times in my tenure of working for him, like for some reason, like he'd never asked it before. And um, I had a colleague who said his was uh, shrimp cocktail, which is the most disgusting answer yeah. I ever heard to that. Yeah. His was tacos, and mine was ice cream. So I think it would be interesting if we, you could take – we could take some text answers, and we could talk next week about what our what our eating challenge for volume food would be. Okay, and then we could all run through all of our challenges. Like, you could have the ice cream challenge, and Steven and I would have to try to beat you. I could have something, and we could have Steven do another yeah. thing. Okay. That'd be good, like, in between, like, Big Ten Championship and, like, playoff stuff. Yeah. yeah honestly. If we could gain, like, 60, 70 pounds via this podcast between yeah. It'd be like, the Big Ten Championship game and the playoffs. Yeah. We know you guys are really excited for this one versus four matchup against Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts. But first, how much ice cream can we eat? All right. We appreciate you guys listening. Midweek podcast coming Wednesday. Again, those are going to drop a little more like Wednesday afternoon if you're getting in that vibe. Uh, It's a little easier for us at this point to do Wednesday morning recording rather than Tuesday evening. So look for them. Late Wednesday afternoon. We always appreciate you guys listening to Buckeye Talk. Read us at cleveland.com. Again, try the text. 14-day free trial. Four bucks a month. More information at cleveland.com slash OSU. Ohio State beats Maryland by a million. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>